Sign up for the nation news at ronandonradio.com. Hey guys, what's going on? It's Ron and Don. We're live from the Lush Schwab Studios. It's time for episode 278, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. What is up, Ron and Don Nation? Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, we're going to talk about uh, this summer and what you're going to be doing and where you should be going and what kind of vacation that we're going to be on because last year, a lot of staycation, and I think we're all tired of doing the stay. So here we go. Time to travel. What caveats and uh, where are we all going? Yeah, let's talk about that. Also, let's talk about the Olympics. Will they happen in Tokyo? And we just had a United States athlete get disqualified uh, because they said, well, she has drugs in her system. She's a long distance runner. They expected her to take one of the medals in Tokyo. And as a result of that, they're saying, hey, you can't run for the next five years competitively in one of our events. You're not going to believe what she blamed it on. Uh, We'll talk about that. And do you believe her story? (laughs) Also, when we get to headlines, we'll talk about human composting. How is it that you want to go? Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. A story out today talking about a group of young people that were pulled over by some police officers. They were pulled out of the car, and now they want millions of dollars we've also seen this now down in the south end in pierce county uh last couple days uh you know that sheriff ed troyer is a friend of ours been a good friend of ours and a number of months ago there was an issue where he started following a paper boy at 2 15 in the morning there were some confrontations some tape that rolled and chances are you've heard that tape now that paper boy is suing pierce county for $5 million for what happened that night. Let me also tell another story. A friend of mine, he's a black officer. He works on the east side. I won't say what department. I asked him, I said, what is it like right now when you pull people over and to go hands-on? Hands-on, mean, hands-on means when, when, when there's some kind of physical contact where I at least have to put you in handcuffs, I have to touch you, I have to frisk you in some way. I said, are you guys out there? And I said, be honest with me. I won't use your name. I won't, I won't say the department. Are you just responding to 911 calls right now? Or what have you been told about going hands-on with people? He said, in our department, we have been told. If you see something happening and it appears to be low level, document it. Don't get involved. Don't go hands-on. Also, if you are going to go hands-on, make sure you pick up your radio And you get a second and a third car there, so there are witnesses. Problem with that here in Seattle, there are no second and third cars. Sometimes there's not even a first car. Yeah, sometimes there's not even a first car. Ron, where does this go? As we see this develop in Pierce County, as we have heard this young black officer speak and say, hey, I'm afraid to go hands-on because I don't want to lose my job. 
I don't want for someone to take a picture or a video or to bait me into something. And then the next thing you know, I'm on the evening news and I can no longer provide for my family. Where's this going? Well, it's interesting because what we're talking about here is lawsuits and, and what their function is in, in civil matters. Um, and, and I think we take for granted that system in the United States because in a lot of countries you have no recourse. If you're a private citizen and you live in a communist country, let's say, and you feel like you've been uh, wronged, what do you do? What do you do? So that's where vigilante justice comes in. uh, And you will have, uh, you go beat somebody up. You can destroy their property. You could punish their family. Like you, societies have developed ways to dole out revenge. The system we have in America is, I'm going to hit you in your pocketbook. I'm not going to go firebomb your house like legally i'm not going to dole out physical justice you know we're not going to break a limb or beat you up or initiate you in some sort of ritual we are i'm going to try to prove my point and if i'm right i'm going to hit you in the pocketbook so that's the system we have whether or not you like it that's the system and if i'm wrong i'm going to hit you with a pocketbook right (laughs) so these people are saying i feel like i've been wronged I feel like I've been profiled. How do I get the attention of a, of a municipality or of a police department as, as, a, as a one person? How do I get their attention? Well, I can go to the media, which this person did. That got a lot of attention. And he's like, I, I, I'm not satisfied still. That, yeah, that was a, a, a good cover story on the newspaper. And what, are you, what are you referring to? Cause I'm I talking about it. like the Pierce County I know. I brought situation. up a number of stories. Okay. Yep. So wh- whichever story there is. So the, the next thing is, well, we would like some people legitimately want change mm. and some people want money and some people want both. And I don't fault them for either lane on there. So you could say, I do want change. Some money would be nice. I'm not going to turn it down. How do I get the attention of Pierce County? How do I get the attention of those other stories that you brought up that on the east side? How would I get the attention of Bellevue? Uh, well, a lawsuit that you could win. We saw this member with uh, Mayor McDumpster fire around here. How did he, what was his downfall? Mayor Murray. Yeah. His downfall is he loved little boys. Uh, but it wasn't just that. Hmm. It was peep human beings that had a viable shot at winning a lawsuit. That's what did it. When Once you had multiple people step forward and go, not only was I abused, I can prove it. I can prove it in the court of law. And you had a man like Lincoln Beauregard, the attorney, step up, and he's like, we have a case here. A reasonable, 12 reasonable people in the city of Seattle, when they hear what I've got and they read the documents I have and they look at this evidence, I can convince them that this is true. Once you had that case, things move very quickly. The most powerful man in the city of Seattle politically went down uh, and, and had was forced to resign Pretty quickly Mayor over the Mur- ma- Mayor Murray, yeah. over a matter of months, mm-hmm. and so in in this case, and did those guys get a bunch of money? I don't remember what the judgments were. Yeah, it was, but I, I believe was, they did get some money. It was uh, not disclosed, but there was a settlement. Yep. So here you have a person that says, "I was wronged. I would like it to change. I don't think it's right uh, the way that that went down, and I would like to prove my case. I believe I have enough evidence uh, to to make my point." And so the way I get the attention of these municipalities is with money. And so I say go for it because that is true. Yeah. Are you concerned about uh, non-policing? 
Yeah, I mean, those are kind of different stories. There is backlash and, and fallout to these cases. Um, if I was a person of color in Minneapolis right now, would I feel a little bit safer than I did before the Derek Chauvin verdict? Yeah, I would feel a little bit, not a lot safer, but I would feel a little bit safer. I would feel like if I uh, happened to be at a convenience store and something went down, most likely I'm not going to get killed by that yeah. method. Here's what I don't think is helpful, though. Like in, in Pierce County, what they've done is is they have filed a demand letter. They haven't filed an actual lawsuit yet. And the demand letter is demanding $5 million or some type of settlement. So they're signaling to Pierce County that, hey, we'll go behind closed doors. We'll create some kind of settlement. You write a check. We'll shut up. This goes away. Change doesn't happen that way when you just take the money. It it's doesn't. Some, some change could. Not just when, not when you take the money. I like what you said about you feel like you deserve money, but you also want justice. And any time... Because really what Pierce County is going to do is they're going to look at this. They're going to talk to their attorneys. They're going to see what this case is worth. And I'm going to bet that they're going to write him a check, not for $5 million and probably not even for a million dollars, but they will write him a check to be quiet. And that will be hush money. And I think we're at a point right now where we can't afford and allow cities and municipalities just to buy people off of the checks so they shut up. Because that doesn't create viable change. Uh, and if you can tell me where there's been a case where cash has been awarded, but we don't know what it's been awarded, and you have bought someone's silence, and they no longer talk about it, people have to continue to talk about these things in order for us to drag these things into light in order for there to be change. So I'm with you. I'm fine with there being some kind of settlement. But when you do that behind closed doors, to me, it's hush money. And, and, and when it's just a money grab, I don't see change happening that way. We'll talk to you more on the other side of this. Hi, I'm Ollie. Hi, I'm Emmy. And we sat down with Ron and Don. When it comes to your real estate journey, it truly is one of life's biggest transactions. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. One of our good friends from San Francisco, he stayed in Don's Airbnb. He knew we were looking for a house. We wanted a second unit that we could potentially like renovate and have family come and stay in or Airbnb out. He said, Ollie, you got to meet this guy because he really knows about, he's a real estate agent and he has a has an awesome Airbnb and kind of knows all about that. They were super knowledgeable, held our hands through what can be a, a pretty daunting process. What set Ron and Don apart was the fact that the the knowledge that they had of the ADU Deju Airbnb game, um, putting the numbers together and comparing. Um, having that knowledge was definitely uh, set them apart from from the other agent. Yeah, and, and just the knowledge of Seattle. Don and Ron just seem to know all the neighborhoods and be able to talk to every neighborhood and what you might expect. Uh, and so Emmy came across a house uh, and looked promising in Queen Anne. It ticked a lot of boxes. It was probably at the maybe a little higher end of our spend. And Don set up a, a, he was like, this is a promising place. And so he was like, let me speak to the other realtor. Let me like figure some things out um, and just kind of get a feel for what this property is doing. And, and I think that's so 
critical now to kind of closing on a on closing on and getting a good deal is being able to kind of feel out the other side and understand where they're at so we managed to find one where hey if we if we put an offer in actually maybe we go a little under asking and offer for an inspection and sorry and put a contingency for inspection both things that in this market isn't normal you normally have to waive inspections go over asking he's like let's take a stab at this and um, we wouldn't have been able to be where we're at in terms of buying and renovating a house without his expertise and support i would definitely recommend working with ron and don completely satisfied 100 percent guaranteed <laughs> <laughs> don't forget when you're ready to sit down and start your real estate journey schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com Hey, you guys, what's going on? You know, as we get on the other side of the pandemic, a lot of us are looking for work or maybe have a job, but you want a better job. How about getting a job at Les Schwab? That's right. If you like to work around upbeat people, make good money and make a difference in the community, Les Schwab, they want to hear from you. In fact, they're looking for great humans right now to serve as tires and wheels and also get customers safely back on the road. And again, they do a lot of philanthropy. It's really cool stuff. You don't need experience. They're going to train you because that's what they do at Les Schwab. So learn more about all these great career opportunities and the generous profit sharing program. All you got to do is go to leschwab.com. That's leschwab.com. Les Schwab, doing the right thing since 1952. Hey, it's G-Force O'Neill. Thanks for listening to my dad and his boyhood friend, Mr. Ron. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show. What we like to do on the Thursday show is hit some headlines. And so let's hit them right now. I'm going to pitch. Ron's going to hit. This is always a lot of fun. And Ron, I was pretty interested in finding out that Juneteenth, June 19th, that'll be coming up this Saturday. By the time you hear this uh, podcast, it was a few days ago. What are your thoughts on the Senate, the United States Senate, which I found to be very extraordinary because the United States Senate is mostly, mostly white and it's mostly older white men. They unanimous, unanimously decided that Juneteenth would be a national holiday. I was pretty amazed that you got all 50 senators to say yes on that. What are your thoughts? Well, I think it's a good thing that politically it's a non-starter to not recognize this day. And, and the way I understand it, and I'm hopefully correct on this, is June 19th has been celebrated in the black community because that was the day. And it was two years after the Civil War ended where um, slaves were emancipated and given their freedom in this specific area. This was specifically in the state of Texas. So even though there, there you're right, even though there, there was the, the Emancipation Proclamation in Texas, the Emancipation Proclamation and the fruition of that happened two years later on June 19th, Juneteenth. So it's became uh, it's become uh, uh, an unofficial holiday among people of color to sort of celebrate uh, the heritage and to talk about the movement of freedom and equality. And, and so that deserves to be a holiday in America. Um, the politi- in the House of Representatives, it wasn't unanimous. Uh, and if you see the infographic of the people that voted against it, uh, the, it it's very, uh, there's one of these things is not like the other. Like you can see the group of men that voted this against this I'm, I'm imagining there were no people of color that voted against no it. Okay. no there weren't so no. um i think i want this to continue to go in this direction in this regard like the the thing that we had recently with um the tulsa massacre of uh, the black wall street and trying to do a remembrance of that um i want to see 
statues replaced in the South, uh, you know, where you take down a Confederate statue. Put up a, a if you've ever listened to the, the show Uncivil, uh, I don't know if you listen to that podcast yep. or not. Yep. There are a lot of black Americans that could could and should be statues. Um, people that did heroic things in the abolitionist movement, people in the Underground Railroad, people that uh, just historical people that I want to start to see statues of that. I would want to, you know, when I travel through the South um, and I go there, I just don't want to see a little placard on a on a side of a building and said, oh, the slave trade happened here. We went to a wedding in New Orleans that used to sell human beings. It's now a wedding hall. I didn't realize that until the wedding was 80% over and I'm standing in line uh, from a, a beverage and I read the plaque on the wall. And it's like, whoa, had I known this was the slave trade headquarters, I don't know if I would have come. Would I have come to this wedding? Do you like, remember the mural on the wall? Do you remember the mural? Not vividly. It's a huge table, and sitting around this table are all white men. They are being served in the mural uh, by slaves. And so this is the mural that's on the wall where where our friend Mike is getting married. And what was really extraordinary about it, we were at a wedding where everybody at the wedding was white, uh, and most of the people that were waiting on us in this wedding hall or black. So I found that to be very extraordinary. And then what we did is we all second lined, which is a dancing, uh, tradition that comes from the black South and a bunch of white people second lined all the way down through the French quarter, which I, I thought was, was extraordinary. And, and, so when you look back at us sitting there and having this wedding and who was waiting on us and who in this picture, also the men that were sitting around that table were planning the Civil War at that time. The, that's where it was planned in New Orleans, Louisiana. How about that? So, yeah, how, would you like to see a statue of a black American on that site now? Yeah, I think statues, memorials, uh, in, in some cases, might be more appropriate. Uh, I hope your son learns about Black Wall Street. I yeah. hope your son learns about yeah. June 10th. I, I just I always tell people this. Uh, there, there was a mayor after Mayor Ray Nagin uh, who went to the penitentiary for 20 years after some of the tomfoolery and the way he patted his pockets during Katrina. There was a mayor after that by the name of Mayor Mitch Landrew. His father, Moon Landrew, had been also the mayor of New Orleans. And he talks about the reason why as mayor, he decided to take down the four statues, including the Robert E. Lee statue, and what that was like. The name of the book is called In the Shadow of Statues. It's about all the statues in the South. The There's ones a great that, 60 Minutes piece on that. Yeah, the well. ones that he took down, and then not only the pushback, but the violent pushback he got as a result of taking those statues down. They had to do it in the cover of night. They couldn't find anybody in Louisiana that was willing to take them down. It's they, had to hire, buildings. they had to hire someone from Texas. They hired SWAT teams that came. And to this day, we don't know who took the, those four statues down in New Orleans. All we know is that they're down. And as a result of that, it took a lot of courage for a white mayor, Mitch Landry, to do that. The reason he did it is he grew up with the uh, Marcellus brothers. And one of those brothers was his very best friend. And you know one of them from The Tonight Show. And they're great, great jazz musicians, very well respected. And so they had a discussion one day as grown men 
about what it was like for it was Winton Marsalis. Yeah, to to drive by that statue as he was going down to the quarter every day to play music. And it, that statue is in a place called the uh, Lee Circle that's close to the warehouse district. And it's in the lower garden district. Anyway, from that conversation, he decided that these statues must come down. In the Shadow of Statues, if you have a chance to listen to it or read it, it's a really good book. And I'd love to get your thoughts on that. A couple more uh, headlines here. Human composting. It seems uh, our cemeteries are starting to run out of space. Uh, my sister passed away seven years ago. I have never been to her grave, grave marker. I don't feel a need to do that. Uh, my mother still goes there. It's very important to her as a point of touch. But what's interesting is her husband just passed away uh, two years ago. And he was, um, he's, there, there is no grave marker. There, 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 they had a little ceremony. Uh, but he's in an urn right now on the fireplace. Ron, where do you want to go? You want a grave marker? Do you want to earn on a fireplace? Uh, a lot of people are also open to the idea of having their remains used as human compost. Uh, how do you see yourself when it's when, uh, wow. when it's all said and done? I missed this trending in news this last week. Uh, I don't have a connection to grave sites either. I think you carry the memory of the person with you. So, like, what... I should probably just do this and prepay for it or whatever. Like just like the incinerating is what I've always thought about. But after watching uh, Ozark and seeing how they used what, to. What happens on Ozark? Oh, Marty buys an incinerator and, and, and incinerates a couple people. Oh, okay. In, I think season four. Okay. So I was like, ah, that's a little bit harsh. <laughs> So I, I need to do a little more investigation. So you're not sure, but yeah, you sound I, like you're uncomfortable with death. Uh, yeah, of course yeah. I am. Well, why should I be comfortable with it? I think sometimes when you get older, and and I think we saw this through COVID, like there's sometimes when people get older and and you you have accepted death, and you know you don't want to become a burden. One of the worst things you can do while you still have your health is not to downsize. You should downsize. You, you should really go through your stuff and make sure that your kids, family, and friends don't have to go through all that stuff again. Number one, because it's gut-wrenching. And number two, because it's gut-wrenching. It is gut-wrenching to go through a relative stuff that didn't downsize. My mom's husband did not downsize. So he left behind a sailboat. It is pretty hard. We, she still has that sailboat. It is pretty hard to sell a sailboat in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where there is no water! No water! Come on, Cochiti Lake's only 60 miles away. It's dry. It's dry. Really? Oh, yeah. There's a drought in the Southwest. Those, many of those lakes aren't even around anymore where, where they used to stick that boat in. Uh, he left behind a travel trailer. He left behind four different cars. He left behind a dune buggy, all kinds of tools and guns. He had a lot of great habit uh, hobbies and habits. Uh, so radios and office full of stuff, electronics and all that. And he just he never spent the time to really downsize. If you love... Your family and friends love them enough while you still have your health and your mental acuity uh, to spend some size, some time downsizing. Summer vacation, traveling. I know you have a big trip booked. Europe is beginning to say, hey, there's a, here, here's how we're going to do this here in King County. Uh, they're going to strip away a lot of the precautions that we see. And I still get confused when I walk in stores. Should I have a mask? Should I have a mask? It seems like in, in two weeks, if we're vaccinated, we shouldn't have to worry about that. Uh, what are your thoughts on traveling as we look at other places still around the world that aren't vaccinated, they don't have this vaccine, 
and uh, COVID nineteen is rampant. So how, how are you? How are you approaching it this travel season? I think if you're going to do international, you should be fully vaccinated. I don't think unvaccinated people should do that. Um, in fact, I think you should be fully vaccinated. Period. Full stop. And then let's talk about travel. So whatever your travel plans are, do it in a safe manner, and that's what I'm doing. And and I think it's fine. Yeah. Like it, travel. You all, everything is risky as a risk reward profile in life. So this is a little bit higher than normal, but it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. I wouldn't go to a hot spot, but that's just me. Yeah, and I, th- I, I, I think is is the first country in the world to really, really embrace, or one of the first countries to really embrace and get vaccinated. I, we do need to carry the burden. Uh, Haiti is our brother. Uh, India is our brother. Those are our brothers and sisters. If, if we are world citizens, we need to be concerned about that. And I also need to think we, we need to be concerned about just because you're vaccinated. It doesn't mean that you can't c- take COVID-19 and spread that to some other place around the world. And of course, the Cancuns of the world are going to stay open, uh, even if people are dying as a result of that and they're not vaccinated because their economy is so dependent on that. And so sometimes this thing of, hey, we're Americans, we're vaccinated, and we're going to travel, go wherever the hell we want to go. I do think we have to be concerned about the fact that there's large portions of the world that have not been vaccinated. And uh, who knows? Maybe you could spend some time volunteering in a clinic somewhere around the country. That'd be cool. I have some friends that are doing that that are in the metal community. Uh, Anyway, final headline on the other side of this. Hey, what's going on, Ron and Don Nation? This is Therese, a new team member on Ron and Don Team. It's tough out there for buyers right now, and that's why you need a buyer specialist like me. Let's send you a buyer's playbook, and for you sellers, we have a seller's playbook. Reach out to the team, and let's do a sit-down, and we'll get you these playbooks. Just reach out to us at ronanddonsitdown.com, and we'll schedule a sit-down today. Now back to the show. All right, final headline here, you guys. And I know Ron has some pretty strong thoughts about this. Uh, seems like the Olympics are in front of us. We see trials all over the world. And a runner here in the United States, long-distance runner, I think uh, in the 1500, expected to take maybe a gold medal, just got disqualified for the next five years. They say that, that she had some type of chemical in her system that disqualifies her. She is now saying, it was the was the what? The burrito! She said she had some kind of burrito, didn't agree with her. As a result of that, this burrito created some kind of chemical reaction inside her. And that's the reason why they found uh, this it's particular... positive for steroids. Po- yeah. And, and the amazing thing is, so I hope people understand. I, I have never taken steroids before. People accuse me of that because my body type. If I took steroids, I'd be like a... I, I would look like the Incredible Hulk, I think. So I've never done that. I have friends that have done that who are in sports. When you get caught, you typically don't get caught for the steroid. Remember Barry Bonds in San Francisco? He didn't get caught for the steroid. Lance Armstrong did not get caught with the steroid. What he got caught with and what's changing all the time, and and you have these different organizations that are trying to figure it out, and a lot of these athletes... They're, they're using a masking agent to mask the steroids. So maybe the steroid's there, but you don't see it because it's been masked by some other chemical. It's the masking chemical that typically uh, 
these organizations figure out and that disqualify you. Because they couldn't disqualify anyone because they couldn't find steroids. They kept finding the masking agent. And they said, well, you know what? We're going to disqualify you for the masking agent. And that's what was going on here. What's your take? Because the more you listen to Lance Armstrong, he has a podcast now. Uh, he's pretty emboldened. It, he's, he is not sorry. He's like, hey, this was the name of the game. Everybody was doing it. And so I decided to do it better. It was part of cycling then. It's probably part of cycling now. He didn't say that, but I believe it to be true. And it all comes down to, can you mask it? Look at the NFL on Sundays. You look at those players after they retire. And they don't just shrink because they stopped eating roast beef. They shrink for other reasons. And I would say 70% of the guys that play in the NFL, and it's one of the reasons why they die so young and they get they get hurt so often in their 30s because those steroids, even though they help you repair and get back to work, by the time you get in your 30s, uh, it makes a lot of your tendons so brittle and they just start going ping, ping, ping. So when you see really big older older guys that keep getting injured in their 30s, that's what usually takes them out of the NFL. It's not because they can't play anymore. It's because they can't stay healthy and all that steroid use and that masking has caught up with them. What is your take on the Olympics? What is your take on uh, the NFL? And in so many other sports right now where there's steroids, there, there, there's masking, it just seems to be part of the culture of sports, competitive sports. Man, how long do we have here? Uh, Olympics. First off, I feel badly for Japan. Uh, I was over in Tokyo a couple of years ago. They were spending billions of dollars uh, to prepare the country for oh, the Olympics. There. Yeah, beautiful stadiums, yeah. beautiful uh, public transportation system, uh, just really setting things up hmm. very nicely, um, getting ready for uh, the, to the world to come and visit Japan. And, and it was a, a very high honor for them. Yeah. So I, I feel badly for them because that, that's – just money wasted uh, in an economy that probably could use that money in other ways. Um, this particular runner, my, my global, the burrito doesn't hold any water. With the I don't burrito! Um, but here's the, the way I think about it is probably uh, on the liberal side, many different strains of life or, or walks of life would make a compromise for fame and wealth and accomplishment. So let's take, a stockbroker, for instance, you could be if you're a kid getting out of college and you went to a high performance college, you get hired by Goldman Sachs in your 20s. You just know I'm going to burn the candle both ends around the middle, grind it 80 hours a week, sacrifice my health probably for, for 10 to 15 years and I'll be set. So tons of people have done that. Tech workers, you can get you graduate Stanford, you go into a startup, you grind it again, 80 hours a week, sacrifice your health, probably do enhancing drugs, ADD drugs, whatever, just so you can code all night and hackathons and all these things. You're sacrificing your, your long-term health uh, for short-term gain. Hundreds and thousands of people have done that. Athletes. These athletes in the NFL that you mentioned, or the Olympics, the drug did not make them an Olympian. Like, there's not a drug in the world that would have taken me and made me an NFL player. That drug doesn't exist. You already have to be in the top one half of 1% of athletes in your field. This woman was already an elite runner. Mm -hmm. The drug didn't turn her into an elite runner. 
So if you're there and you're like, okay, I have a short window of time here and I'm, I'm at the peak of health, I'm 27 years old. And are you telling me that instead of living to be 90, I'm going to live to be 86, but I could win a gold medal. I'll take that deal. If you're telling me instead of living to be 75, I'm going to live to be 73 and I can play in the NFL and possibly make tens of millions of dollars, I'll take that deal. So they are making, uh, for most of them, an educated decision to sacrifice the future, possibly. For the pleasure of a moment. For the pleasure of the moment. Yeah. Let them do it. Yeah. What what do I have to to care? I'm telling you what, man. I would never use a burrito to mask, but I would consider the chalupa. We'll leave it right there. The Chalupa. He's Ron. I'm Don. Thanks for giving us great lives. If you need us, just reach out. Ronadonsitdown.com. We can virtually sit down today, and then uh, we'll come out and see you. Bring some uh, Ron and Don Camp coffee mugs, and uh, we'll get this real estate journey started. And we will meet you where you are at, and then we'll go wherever you need to go together. Okay? Ronadonsitdown.com. Thanks for listening to this podcast. A couple things you can do for us. Hit subscribe. Second thing that you could do is give us five stars. Third thing that you can do is just give us a great review, for instance, out on Apple. If you're using an Apple player, which most of you are right now, we can see that. And to the two people listening in Portugal. (laughs) That's awesome. He's Ron. I'm Don, as I just said. Head up, shoulders back. We'll see you next time. The next episode will be here just before you know it. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Keep your head up and your shoulders back, and we'll see you next time on the Ron and Don Radio Network.